0: Let's go. It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show. Can't
1: wait! Can't, 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 can't wait! It's all weekend,
0: baby. On 97.5, 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: towards the game,
0: his, his passion for preparation, for perfection. He wants to be the best, and he's, he's as driven as anybody I've ever coached in manifesting it. He doesn't just talk about it, he doesn't. He's in the film room constantly, he's out after practice, and the first one to get there, last guy to leave type of a deal. And so he just doesn't talk about it, he does it. He's all about it. In motion, Isaiah Hodgins. And a screen for Tyjohn Lindsay, is tipped and intercepted. Utah comes away with it, Devin Lloyd down the field. Touchdown on
2: the season. Such a great drive that Oregon State had going. But here Jake Luton, bad pass deflected into the air and a convoy of youths leading him all the way for the touchdown
0: guys like Neil Paul who come to mind and, and Gunnar Romney. There's a lot of guys old linemen, Blake Freeland and Harris LaChance have done amazing jobs. James Empey's a much better version of himself. He's done some really good things to change his body. He looks really nice and he's always been smart, but he's just, he's just leading at a different level right now. So I, I want to make sure that uh, we don't take those guys for granted because they're a big part of our team and it's been really uh, nice and rewarding for me to see them even get better from from last year, which I thought they were pretty good last year. <laughs> Zone in motion, handoff Algier, nice cut to the end zone, touchdown. Pocket holds up, Bentley with time, has a man wide open, it's coming, what kind of speed he got that man, there he goes,
3: touchdown Utah. Scarver's going to take the ball to the six yard line, let's see if he can make something happen, to the 25, to the 35,
1: and he's gone, here we go, save on Scarver, to the 50, 10-5 You got it. Touchdown, Utah State.
0: Holy smokes. First and ten. They're going to throw the ball. And they're going to throw
3: the ball deep. Post pattern at the goal line. Caught. Touchdown, Aggies. Wow. We talked about it at the start of the game that the Aggies were going to take some deep shots. A perfect ball to Justin McGriff on the post route from Andrew Peasley
0: into the end zone. Touchdown, Utah State. What a beautiful throw from Andrew Peasley. McGriff ran underneath it. Made the catch in the end zone for the score.
2: Welcome into the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Jay Catch, along with Alex Lundberg. And Lundy, we're, I guess, technically on location today. How are you?
3: I am great. We've got college football back. We do. And, uh, yeah, I, we're out here, at, you know, just outside the, the jazz team store.
2: We're literally footsteps away from where we normally do the show.
3: Right. And it's – so, yeah, we're out here, um, and it's nice. It's nice to be outside instead of, you know, cooped up in a a studio and
2: Yep. Uh, We are outside Vivint Arena, the Utah Jazz summer clearance sale ongoing, up to 75% off jazz gear. If you are a Utah Jazz fan and you want to get the best deals you're going to get, get down here to the arena. This is the final day of a three-day sale. Still plenty of great gear that I can see. I've wandered around, seen some of it. they have got a lot of stuff. So if you are looking to get jazz gear, this is the place to come.
3: Right. And there's a lot of other stuff going on here as well. I mean, there's, there's Food truck right next to mm-hmm. us that I've been eyeing since I showed up, <laughs> um, so that's happening at some point today. But yeah, there's just a lot going on. So get down here, check it out. There's tons to do.
2: Sure. Yeah, they've got food trucks as you mentioned. They're gonna have games going on going cornhole and can jam. By the way, have you ever played can jam? I haven't. So it's it's kind of like cornhole a little bit, but it's like legitimately like it's a can and you uh, try and toss frisbees into this can. It's Ooh. quite difficult. I'm not gonna lie. I,
3: I do love. You know a good frisbee sport yeah you know, like it's it's Ultimates interesting it's more my brand but like i'm sure I, i'm still you know about frisbee golf but if anything with anything yeah. to do with a disc. if
2: you can yeah if you can throw a disc and like kind of locate it can jam is going to be your
3: sport all right yeah. i'm going to i'm going to check that out let's be real
2: about sure. that they also got a sport court out here on the plaza with hoop uh with the hoop on it you can win fun prizes there and they're also they're gonna have a face painter showing up today. I have not seen the face painter. Are they over there? there. Okay. I missed it. All right. So face face painter out there, chalk contest on the plaza. You can win a free custom Jersey and uh, the contest will be open until 6 PM tonight. We will of course be on air from 12 to two today. Registration for that is going from 12 to two. So feel free to stop by. Um, you can just check out all the jazz gear. You can come say hi to us, get some, uh, the, the taco truck we got right next to us here. So yeah, stop by. We'd love to see you guys. And it's fun to be back on the Saturday show. It's been another week and like you mentioned, college football is officially back. We have week 0 action underway.
3: And of course, because college football always does this, I feel like the first game in week 0 always starts with something weird. The mm-hmm. score is currently 2-0. Yeah,
2: we have a safety. So yeah. if you had it on like your prop bet or wherever you might uh, prefer to lay your skittles and you had safety being the first score of the college Just football a season lot of money you probably cashed it yep. so well done to you but yeah so we have illinois and uh, nebraska squaring off right now in big 10 action the fight in the lion eye are up two nothing in that contest we have fresno state and uconn set to begin i think almost momentarily am i wrong about that i'm
3: pretty sure you have yeah, newton is noon mountain time is the kickoff, so yeah. that one should be going. And
2: then we're also going to have UCLA-Hawaii coming up later this afternoon, and then tonight, the nightcap is the pillow fight of the week, as I call it. UTEP against New Mexico State, and then Southern Utah, the lone local team this week, they'll be in action tonight at 8 o'clock, taking on mountain, defending Mountain West Conference champion San Jose
3: State. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for all of those games. I'm going to watch as many as possible. Yeah, um, no, no you know, doubt I mean, about we've that. We've got Nebraska-Illinois pulled up right here. Yep. Debronoy, um as the College football Reddit. I like it. Drew yes, well done. It, so,
2: I watched Game Day this morning. That was fun. They were out at um, out in Atlanta for the SWAC versus MIAC challenge that they have going on, and uh, Nebraska getting near the goal line there. So, gonna have a lot of fun today. But we're of course going to talk a lot of local college football. Uh, we're going to talk about the starting quarterbacks for both of those, both of the local programs BYU and Utah. We'll get to that momentarily later on in today's show. Pablo Mastrueni, uh the new interim head coach. For Real Salt Lake, speaking to the media, yes, they have a new coach at Real Salt Lake, Freddy Juarez, uh, kind of stunning folks, but he hit with his decision to step down from his position as head coach, he's actually reportedly going to join the Seattle Sounders as an assistant coach. It's going to be quite the change to have him go inter, intra-conference, like move to a, a conference rival, the number one team, by the way, in Major League Soccer right now. We'll also touch on some hockey notes, some baseball. We got it all covered for you all afternoon long, and the best part, technical fouls is upcoming as well.
3: Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. I'm really excited for it.
2: Yeah, we'll have a good time. So, uh, Lundy, first things first, how was your week?
3: Uh, It's been good. It's been, you know, just I feel like it's been a little long in anticipation of college football. Yeah, it's been a solid week so far, and uh, glad it's the weekend. Glad we finally reached the the promised land of, of college football season.
2: We reached the promised land. There's no doubt about that. Nebraska just scored to take the lead in that contest. We'll keep you updated on scores throughout the afternoon. Uh, my week, similar to yours, very long. Uh, as my wife uh, calls herself, she calls herself a college football widow. During the college football <laughs> season, usually it usually kicks off around August when fall camps begin locally. Because I am here, there, and everywhere all the time. It feels yeah. like.
3: But that's one of the few bright sides to being, you know, perpetually single. Is I don't feel like i'm letting anybody down when i indulge in in in, in my vice of college football
2: is daddy
1: ever coming home (laughs) hey (laughs) you
2: sound like my children all of a sudden eric what are you doing (laughs) what's going on here (laughs) but nonetheless a big thank you to all of you for joining us here on the saturday show we will be on air until two o'clock like i said feel free to stop by so let's get things going today and of course we start off every saturday show with what's the big deal
0: do you know who I am?
3: No, I, I can't say that I do.
0: I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany.
2: <laughs> All right, I love that open, by People the way. People know me. People know me. Well, I'm a big deal. What can I say? <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. All right, anyways, yeah, so what's the big deal today? We're going to start off at the University of Utah. Uh, we got the reveal on Thursday uh, with the depth chart. By the way, Kyle Whittingham was playing all sorts of games. Let's be, let's be real. Right oh, on.
3: yeah, like, I mean, you know, the the news stories broke on Monday. Sure. You know, Yeah. sources, J- all this kind of stuff. Josh
2: Newman and or Kendra Bartle, depending
3: on who you ask, breaking that story. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Kendra Bartle for, yes. uh, you know, and, and, and to Steve for, Steve, you know, yes. Steve, helping, you Steve Bartle, know, obviously, Ute's zone. Facilitating that. Uh,
2: his wife, Kendra, was the one that kind of br- lifted the lid for the Utah zone side of it. People also say Josh Newman. Okay, regardless. Yeah. News reports came out Monday that Charlie Brewer was going to be Utah's starting quarterback. Uh, media shows up to media availability that night. Kyle Whittingham says,
3: well, I guess I got a 50-50 shot, but we will reveal that when our when our depth chart comes out on Thursday. Yeah. he You know, typical – Gamesmanship from Kyle Whittingham. Yes. Like, if he wouldn't have done that, I would have probably been more surprised. It was very hashtag on brand for yes, me. very much so. Um, but yeah, you know, Charlie Brewer officially the starter now, mm-hmm. which, I you know, I think the the biggest surprise was that it was as close as it was for me. Well, um, I think most people are, are with you on that. Honestly, go ahead. Keep, yeah, keep, keep like your point, and and really, that's you know nothing against Charlie Brewer. It's a testament to. Cam Rising and his ability to come back from that injury, because I think that basically everybody, I mean, at least in my case, assumed that that injury was going to take a little bit more time to overcome. Not that he wouldn't be able to play, you mm-hmm. know, if Charlie Brewer got hurt in the first game. Sure, yeah. But just that he wouldn't get back to his full self, his full capabilities until, you know, maybe sometime midseason or after this season you know, and be ready to be the starter next year. Um, you know, after Charlie Brewer has used yeah, his final got, he's year. He's got belt. one year. And here so now. but the fact that, you know, it was as close of a competition as it was, that's really an encouraging thing and should be encouraging for Utah fans that okay, you know, Charlie Brewer came in, you know, they brought him in expecting him to be the starter because of the cam rising injury. Um, and the fact that I mean we've seen what Charlie Brewer's capable of at Baylor. Sure. Right, that twenty seven hundred yards, yeah.
2: Sugar Bowl. Yeah, he,
3: he rewrote a lot of the record books uh-huh. there. Absolutely outstanding quarterback. Um, and Cam Rising, who there's kind of a lot of unknowns about, just because you know he transferred in, he's kind of been in the background. He We've looked seen a quarter and a half of him yeah. actually playing ga- and he the game. He looked really good in that quarter and a half. Showed a lot of upside and potential. He had one really bad interception, but outside of that, um, looked great. And he was able to push an established. College football starter like Charlie Brewer uh, this late into fall camp. So, to kind of reemphasize your
2: point, I, I'm a big believer that actions speak louder than words, obviously, and I think most people would agree with that. But Utah went out and brought Charlie Brewer in because I think they wholeheartedly believed that Cam Rising was going to take longer to recover. Yep. This is a full credit to Cam Rising for getting himself back to full health, getting back his arm to full strength. Because he had a, the way I understand it, he had a similar situation to what Zach Wilson had at BYU, Zach Wilson's sophomore year. He underwent a shoulder surgery, and in the lead-up to that season opener, the coaching staff kept saying, oh, he's good, he's good, he's our guy, he's our guy. Well, we found out a year after that that the coaching staff said, no, in the lead-up to that Utah game, when they kicked off their season, we weren't sure he was going to be available. Because his, his shoulder, he was on a pitch count. They were still trying to get him back to full health. And he never got back to full health that year. We saw him at full health the following year. He obviously had that broken thumb that season, all that. So there's a little, But I think the trajectory of what Cam Rising was expected to do was similar to what Zach Wilson endured in 2019 versus what he has done. Because he is back to full health, no pitch count according to what I understand. And he's been pushing Charlie Brewer every second of every day. Now... Did Charlie Brewer make maybe make a play or two more that earned him the job? Very well could have. But the good news is I think Utah is as well-stocked in the quarterback room as they have ever been in Kyle Whittingham's
3: tenure. Oh, no question about that. I mean, you know, they have a starting caliber quarterback as their backup. Yeah, They have a couple of young guys still kind of duking it out for that sure. third-string spot. Um, you know, they're really deep there, and – it looks like they're going to continue to be deep. You know, They've got a few of those recruits that look really promising as well.
2: Yeah, that, that's the fun part about it is that they have uh, they it the kind of like set up. That's the one thing about this. Kyle Whittingham, it seems like for too long, when it came to his quarterback room, it was like, okay, we have a guy, and then you're not sure who the next guy is going to be. Right. The way it looks right now, they've set themselves up for the next three to four seasons potentially. That's just the way it looks. Obviously, things change. We all right. know that. Yeah. Transfer portal, injuries, everything could play into that. But at this juncture, it looks like a very advantageous position if you're
3: the University of Utah. Yeah, so a lot of depth, a lot of talent. I think University of Utah fans, it's, it's, it's time to get excited. Yeah, I think this season could be something special. Not a guarantee, obviously, but... I think there are very promising things on the horizon for the University of Utah. I would agree with you on that.
2: So we'll see what Charlie Brewer does. Obviously, they're going to open things up on Thursday. And by the way, any of you who are listening, we'd love to see you guys out at uh, the – we're going to have a lot of pregame and postgame coverage, obviously, this year, Thursday night, getting ready for that season opener up there at Rice-Eccles Stadium. By the way, I drove by the new south end zone the other day. I know you went and toured it. Yeah. I I haven't been
3: inside of it yet, but just driving by it, it looks – pretty dang cool the inside of that thing just blew my mind you know and like i mean i've i've gone and checked out a lot of those things as they've kind of rolled them out i remember when they finished the the football facility Mm -hmm. you know i mean i was still a student at the time and so we kind of got a special guided tour um and you know that even that then blew my mind like i was i just remember thinking i didn't realize that there was so much just nice stuff for college athletes. Like, I knew, but I didn't really understand. Yeah. And then this took it to a completely new level. Walking through there, just seeing the layout, the locker room was awesome. I was really moved and touched by the, the tribute to Ty Jordan that they have in the locker room. with. Yeah, that know, was really cool. His, his uniform, his pads, his helmet, everything set up, you know, just waiting for him, mm-hmm. for uh, you know, as if it were game day. And I love that they're keeping that all season long. Um, the hype room that they'll, you know, exit through was awesome. What was that? I, call it a hype room. It's yeah, awesome. I, I loved, and I know that this caused a little bit of a stir on Twitter, um, but, you know, just outside of the opponent locker room on the wall, it says, welcome to 5,000 feet. And I know that a lot of people were like, it's not exactly 5,000. You know, it's oh, like, like, I mean, it's it's gamesmanship, yeah. right? Like, it's you're trying to get in their head. It doesn't need to be accurate.
2: No, and most guys aren't going to pull up the phone. What is the
3: elevation of Rice EcoState? Right. which I'm pretty sure is, you know, 4633 or something it's, like that. It's in the 4,000s. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it, it's you can round up to 5,000. Sure. It's not like their athletes are going to go, well, actually, it's only 4,600 feet, and so make, I can actually breathe way better than if it were 5,000. It's like, not going to make their lungs burn any less in right. the second half. They're going to feel it no, nonetheless. No doubt about that. Uh, That's a touch
2: that comes from Wyoming. We all know that welcome to 7220 because Laramie, Wyoming is 7,220 feet. It's plastered all over uh, War Memorial Stadium up there, and they want to make you know that, hey, welcome to a mountaintop, essentially. (laughs) All right, so, yeah, so good stuff from Utah. Let's flip over and talk a little bit about BYU. Their announcement came on Tuesday. They held a press conference Aaron Roderick gets up and says, well, the, the first question, uh, so the BYU Sports Information, Ari, who was moderating, thing, I was on the call. She says, well, Coach Roderick, do you want to make an announcement? And he said, yeah, I want to make an announcement. And Aaron Roderick said, well, Jaron Hall is going to be our starting quarterback. And he makes that announcement and really, really uh, just straightforward laid it out, said, you know what? We felt like Jaron was the best quarterback of the three because he was in a competition with Baylor Romney as well as Jacob Conover. They felt like Jaron Hall was the guy. I can tell you this much. Going back to as early as last season, it's been set up that Jaron Hall was going to be the guy. And I, I, he's done nothing over this last, I don't know how many you want to term it, 12 months, whatever you want to term it, to take away the fact that he was set up to replace Zach Wilson. I am of the opinion that BYU is not going to see much, if any, fall off from Zach Wilson to Jaron Hall. And I know that sounds really, 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 really strange because he's the number two pick in the NFL draft. But Jaron Hall was neck and neck with Zach Wilson in fall camp last year until he got injured.
3: Yeah, I think Jaron Hall is a terrific athlete. You know, this I don't think anybody really was surprised at all by the announcement that he would be the starter. And so um, what did stick out to me uh-huh. about the announcement was that, you know, well, like, and it, it wasn't like a surprise, sure. Because I think I've heard you say this. I've heard a lot of other people, you know, speculate that this would be the case. They named him the starter, and they said, you know, right now, the the backup is Baylor, Baylor Romney, Romney yeah. and Jacob Conover, third string. Yeah. But that position is going to continue to be battled for as the season progresses. Which I think that you know, the writing on the wall is that if something happens to Jaron Hall, if he gets hurt, heaven forbid. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. you don't want to see a guy go down. To right. Well, we're all in agreement there. But if something were to happen, I think BYU is setting up for Jacob Conover to, to take over the reins. Well, OK, see, that, you, you
2: bring up a very interesting point there, because that's something I have talked with people about. I, I've kind of talked about it myself. I, and the, the situation there is I think and Aaron Roderick made the comment, and said if the game was today, Baylor Romney would be the number two quarterback. He'd be inserted mm-hmm. into that game this is my sincere belief that BYU has every intention of keeping Jacob Conover's red shirt still intact. And trust me, there are people, how can you have a red shirt? Well, welcome to COVID-19 and how it affected the 2020 season. He is still technically, once again, a true freshman this year, despite having joined the team last year as a true freshman. He still has a red shirt year intact. I think they have every intention of keeping that intact. Mm. Now, against Arizona a week from today. Of course, we'll have pre- and post-game coverage. Myself and Hans Olsen, Johnny will obviously be there as well, we'll be at JCW's, getting ready for that contest. It'll be a late night down there in Las Vegas, but looking, very much looking forward to it. That game, Baylor-Romney will be the number two quarterback the deeper this season goes we're talking six seven eight games into this season and if something happens to jaron hall and as jacob conover still gets more and more engrossed in this offense it is my belief that deeper into the season jacob conover may very well take over that number two quarterback spot from baylor romney
3: yeah and i think that you're absolutely right about that because around you know game eight game nine there's only four games left yeah and with you know just a couple of years ago, the NCAA changed the redshirt rule where they can appear in four games mm-hmm. and maintain their redshirt. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all with once they hit that threshold, we see that switch.
2: Yeah, I, I, that's just kind of uh, – and like I said, I've talked to people who kind of indicated that's that's kind of what they're thinking. I have not heard from anybody on the staff down there BYU.
3: Let me be right. clear about that. Yeah, it's all speculation on our part. But, we, but all,
2: we all know that the old adage is if you have two quarterbacks who have equal talent, equal measure, whatever you want to say – You usually opt for the younger quarterback. And the funny thing about Baylor Romney, and all three of these quarterbacks, by the way, Jaron Hall, redshirt sophomore, Baylor Romney, redshirt sophomore, Jacob Conover, true freshman. They're all actually still got multiple years of eligibility remaining. So this is not the case with Utah where it's Charlie Brewers. He's got, this is it. This is one shot, and he's done. You could have a guy in Jaron Hall technically who could play for the next three years. He'd be twenty eight at that point I'm feeling like at some point but because he's been in the program four years
3: yeah and man, that's it, it's crazy to think you know like I mean starting to like I mean it's not quite Britain Covey status yet no, right no, no, where no, no, he's no. been in there for like three decades but I mean it's, it's getting up there and Britton Covey status I like that you know that, that's still just Taysom Hill is the same way at BYU yeah. he,
2: he was near 28 when he finally finished at BYU it yeah. like. well, and
3: I mean you know, it's it's 2021. Britton Covey is a junior. Uh-huh. His freshman season was 2015. Yeah. Britton has
2: indicated that this is likely it for him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, things could factor into that. We all know that. But he's said, you know what, this is kind of Because he understands the clock is ticking. If he wants to go make some money in the NFL, like capitalize on his ability as a football player, well, you can't just hang out in
3: college f- the entire time. Name, right. image, and likeness is great. Yeah. That NFL paycheck. Even which, the cheddar at the next level is. Even if it's you know like even if he doesn't make the NFL, even if it's sure. like you know the CFL or the XFL, that's a lot more money than you can make with the new NIL rules.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So this is uh, this is kind of fun to actually have these two quarterbacks. We know who they are. We're not waiting for game day and who's it going to be? Who's going to trot out there for the first snap of the game? I, I'm actually appreciative to both coaching staff, speaking of Utah and BYU, that they have said, you know what this is our guy, this is who we're going with. And they could have easily said, you know what, you'll find out on game day. They could have played the gamesmanship card. And we saw that the University of Arizona, they're going with two quarterbacks, Gunnar Cruz, as well as um, – oh, the other kid's name's is flipping my mind right now. They're going to go two-quarterback system, Jed Fish down there for Arizona. We all know that it looks like it's going to be Bronson uh, bearing up there at Weber State against Utah. But, I, like I said, very much I almost anticipated the fact that it was like, well, we'll name our starting quarterback when we run out there for the first snap of the game. And I'm like, I'm actually appreciative that like, a, a full week ahead of time we knew who it was.
3: Yeah, and I, it really does, you know, like it, I think it's it catches us off guard because that's just what we've been used to in this <laughs> yeah. state for so long. You know, I mean, Kalani Sataki learned it from Kyle Whittingham, who mm-hmm. learned it from Urban Meyer, who was still doing it in the NFL this year. I mean, he did finally now. means Minshew still got a chance. He got traded today, by the way. <laughs> But you know, like it was like Trevor Lawrence. You've got the number one pick. That you're going to sit him? Yeah. It no, it's a competition. It's mm, real. Is it? (laughs) Is it though? And so yeah, like we've we've gotten used to that, and it's it's refreshing to to see them say, nope, this is our guy. This is who you can expect. You know, and really, they didn't have any reason to not do that because it's like you know Charlie Brewer you don't have any game film of him in Utah's offense. You have game film of him yeah. at Baylor. You don't have game film of Jaron Hall, really. You know, there's there's some. You have two
2: games but there's worth, but he actually left both those games early.
3: So. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, look, there's really just not that much for the other teams to scout. So, you know, and with Utah starting against Weber State, it's not like mm-hmm. it gives them any sort of real competitive advantage to, to wait until then because – doesn't really matter who they run out there no disrespect to weber state sure you know preseason number six ranking in the fcs um great program but you know utah could run any one of their quarterbacks out there and win that game yeah, I was just running it was Bronson
2: Barron for Weber State. I apologize. I got the quarterback wrong there. Um, have we heard about Utah State, by the way? Have you heard if it's Logan Bonner versus Andrew Peasley? I, 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 Honestly, I usually feel like I'm pretty on top of this. I've heard nothing. I've heard they competed back and forth, but I have not yeah. heard a starter I,
3: named. I don't believe I have heard a starter named. My okay. impression was that it was would likely be Logan Bonner, well, but that's just my – When you
2: transfer to come with your head yeah, coach,
3: I, that's – I haven't heard anything official. Okay, fair enough.
2: All right, well, we'll see if we can find out some more information on that. Uh, So, of course, uh, quarterback battles, yeah, they're settled now, but you know that this could change in an instant. We all all know that. So just one of those things in this sport. Yeah. All right, so we'll keep you updated throughout the afternoon on scores on going around college football with Week 0 action. Of course, we'll have more coming up later today. Going to have two conversations I had with BYU assistant coaches, offensive line coach Daryl Funk, as well as linebackers coach Kevin Kloon. I thought both were very enlightening, particularly Coach Funk, with regards to BYU's rebuilt offensive line. So we'll get to that. That's all coming up on the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network.
0: Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, We've got your back. It's gonna
1: be May.
0: This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Hope you all are doing great out there along the Wasatch Front. We are outside Vivint Arena, our normal broadcast home. Normally we're up on the fifth floor up there just above the statues. But today we are on the Plaza Lundy, and we are enjoying the, sat- well, the Saturday show on site for the Utah Jazz summer sale. If you are a Utah Jazz fan. This is the place to be.
3: Yeah, there's there's no reason to not get down here. Like the deal's are out of control up to 75% off jazz gear. Like I'm probably going to pick a good amount of stuff up before I, before I head home. So uh,
2: I, I wouldn't blame you one, one bit, by the way, we, we have a nine to two ball game uh, in the big 10. So, you know, we're missed extra points, safeties, you, sacks, all missed field goals. We're having a ton of fun with week zero. Action, oh my but. gosh. I just, but college football gets weird and I love it. It does get weird. There's no doubt about it, but it, jazz season is not too far away. Folks, yeah, players are actually going to be reporting this next month for open gym and whatnot. We'll have training camp beginning at the beginning of October, if I recall correctly. We have preseason games. Actually, no, training camp's got to start in September at some yeah. point because preseason training, I cause think, preseason's October fourth.
3: Yeah, preseason and we games have four games. Yeah, and then the season kicks off, and we are in it for the long haul at yeah. that point.
2: It's never far away. Let's put it that way. And Lundy obviously is the executive producer of our jazz broadcasts. Uh, do a great job, by the way. Working with Locke and the crew and. It's crazy to think it's that close, but it's also still a little ways off. But if you guys want to get some jazz gear for the upcoming season, because I'm seeing uh, I've seen City Edition gear. I am seeing just the traditional, everything. You, you want it. It's here. Get out here. It's on sale. This is the best time of year to
3: stock up. Yeah. Got to get everything ready so that when you show up to that season opener, you've got the freshest gear there. Everybody sitting around you is going to be jealous. So, you know, come down, get your stuff. Be ready. Get excited.
2: Yeah, that, that thing, get excited. That's the one thing about it. Just having a lot of fun today here on the Saturday show. Uh, Lundy, I wanted to build off our conversation there in that first segment for a minute here just on, in terms of college football overall. And uh, Eric last week introduced our pick'em, uh, is what we were doing. So, Eric, I want you to jump in here as well. We said we were going to try this out for week zero, but obviously we have games already ongoing, so making picks for games is kind of weird for games that are already going because we're not like in-game betters and such but uh eric let so how do we want to handle this this week how are we going to go about this
1: i feel like we should make uh two picks definitely uh the san jose state southern utah game because that's within state and then i think we should pick the one pack 12 team in action today and that's ucla and hawaii
2: okay well, I can tell you this much. I don't know how many people were paying attention to my Twitter feed this morning. I actually announced my picks for today. They were just straight up winners. I'm I'm not a guy who's going to be like, well, take this team money line, take that with the spread. I, I trust me. I, I have a hard enough time tracking all of the terminology when it comes to Mo- sports money betting. Money line,
1: by the way, does mean straight up. Just so uh, you know.
2: Sure, I, I Eric, I'm, <laughs> come on, play with me, play along with me here, sir. But. Nonetheless, I just kind of did straight-up winners. So I actually took I took Nebraska to win straight-up. I have Fresno State because UConn is awful. Let's be real. right. Uh, they haven't played since 2019. The Hawaii-UCLA game, though, folks, I don't know what it is. I'm a believer in the Rainbow Warriors. That's my Ooh. upset special of the week. I am taking Hawaii. So I'm, I'm going out, right out the gate, boys. I am taking the Rainbow Warriors to go to Pasadena. And they are an 18-point underdog, last I saw
3: and I am taking the Rainbow Warriors to beat Chip Kelly and Ooh, the Bruins. That is a spicy take right there. I don't know why, but I – yeah. I, see, I feel almost the opposite where, I, like, you know, on paper, like, I look at this and I feel like I should feel a lot less confident Sure. in UCLA because, honestly, like, I just – I don't get the Chip Kelly hype, you know, really the only time. Well, he hasn't he done much since he got to Westwood. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Well, I mean, he hasn't done much when he hasn't been cheating. <laughs> hey, right? it's Will Lyles, not Willie. I didn't know. I called him Will. What are you talking about? Nah, nah. So, but I don't know. Like, I, I do think that uh, I think UCLA is going to come out and uh, get things started off. You know, I think they're going to win pretty comfortably. Like, I'm not going to say a blowout. Sure. But I think it's going to be UCLA in a lot of strong control from from the opening okay. kick. Until the clock reads zero.
2: All right, fair enough. And by the way, if Hawaii does win this game, you can guarantee the Heat under Chip Kelly's seat just got turned up. Oh,
3: yeah. If if Hawaii wins, Chip <laughs> Kelly is, you know, I mean, you have
2: people breathing down his neck. There's no doubt. About he's going to have
3: to win like nine games if he loses to Hawaii. He'll sure. you know, Win nine games this season. I think UCLA is going to be a it. good
2: team this year. Trust me. I, I, for some reason, I, week zero is weird. I, Hawaii's it, got a lot of it's nice true. returners and whatnot. Sheven Cordero is a quarterback most people may not know about, nice dual-threat quarterback. Todd Graham worries me as the head coach of Hawaii, so it kind of made me give me some pause. But you know what? I'm going with the Rainbow Warriors. I'm probably going to be wrong, but that's my pick nonetheless. Eric, where are you going on that game?
1: Yeah, I think you could be right because of one thing. Is this a look-ahead game for UCLA? Because yeah, they, they have, have LSU next LSU. week. Yeah,
3: that's a really good point.
1: So, who knows? I think if you were looking at the spread, if you paid attention to Vegas, it's around 17. I think taking Hawaii with that kind of in mind would be good, but I am going to pick UCLA to win. I think that they are a very good team, and Hawaii, I did some research, they don't have a ton of returning starters on defense, so um, I am thinking UCLA is going to be the winner in that one, and then... I think uh, San Jose State, who was very good last year, uh, okay. continues their trend and beats Southern Utah. Man.
2: Well, yeah. So okay, so you're you're, you're jumping on back to San Jose St- State, Southern Utah. This is the lone FCS versus FBS game, even though I would argue that New Mexico State should be an FCS program. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we. I will, by the way, I want to pick that game too. I'm adding it to this. I'm adding it to the because right. it's a game later tonight. Not necessarily. Any huge draw to it because it's the only game that's actually not on network television. It should tell you something about it. Yeah. So let, let's talk about San Jose State and Southern Utah. Southern Utah, I don't know how much you watch them in the spring, Lundy. They could not uh, come up with one play, it felt like. They lost by one or two points every single week during the spring FCS season. Mm-hmm. They were a good team at the FCS level, but San Jose State. Uh, Brett Brennan, the new head coach out there, he, he's done a great job building that program. Nick Starkle, Texas A&M transfer, he's coming back uh, this year. There's no chance for Southern Utah. They may hang in for a quarter quarter or second quarter. Uh, then, then I think San Jose blows things open, so give me the Spartans. Where are you going?
3: Yeah, oh, Spartans for sure. With you know, I mean, really the, the only area that gives me pause, and actually you know, the line right now is San Jose State by 25 and a half. Oh, so it came down. Yeah, and so like I look at that and it's like, I th- I still think I would take San Jose State to cover. Fair enough, but you know, I mean, that is such a wide margin that it's like, uh, well, that's actually come down some from what I mm-hmm. saw. Yeah, it's uh, somebody's believing in SUU apparently. Apparently. So we'll see what happens. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe we missed some news that San Jose State lost a starter or something like that. Very well, could but, be the case. Fifty-seven,
1: um, the over. I don't know. I could see that happening.
3: Yeah, and so um, as far as the UTEP, New Mexico State pillow fight, <laughs> pillow fight of the week, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take UTEP. Take the miners yeah
2: i believe they are nine and a half point uh favorites last i saw in terms of that eric where are you going in that contest
1: i will go utep because i think they have a cool logo i don't
2: know they do uh, their their hashtag by the way for their twitter is picks up like because obviously they are miners and they they use that pick on their helmet for Mm -hmm. the t uh by the way el paso Underrated town, from what I hear, uh, in terms of if you, if you want to go somewhere that's a little bit off the beaten track. And, by the way, this is a rivalry game between these two. Las Cruces, New Mexico, and and El Paso are less than, I think, 50 miles apart. So this is a rivalry game. They call it, I think, the is it the I-5 corridor rivalry or something like that. I'm not sure exactly. Sure. It can't be I-5. It's might be I-10 then because you know, i five the 5s go vertical. And Horizontal. Yeah, I'm. But I, give me the minors as well. I, Doug Martin is very much on the hot seat. He's had a nice run there. Utah State did face New Mexico State in a bowl game a few years back. It was the first bowl game New Mexico State had made in 50 years, if I recall correctly, or 55 years when they faced off in the Arizona Bowl. But it's just a tough slog at, in Las Cruces. But give me UTEP. Dana Dimmel, their head coach, I think UTEP wins that game. So I guess you two have the same picks. Uh, speaking of Eric and Lundy, uh, you guys are going? I guess with the chalk, is this what we call yeah, it? Right? Going chalk, yeah. Uh, I'm taking. We got a tie game in Nebraska. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so uh, Illinois scores what's nine nine between those two Big Ten teams, but I'm taking i UC- I'm taking Hawaii to beat UCLA. That's the lone difference. I and like it. We'll see. And by the way, we'll do this throughout the season and whatnot. And it will be kind of weird because we're going to start our show. We start from noon to two local time, so there'll be early games that have already happened. We'll probably be picking games, and by the way, Pac-12 most of the time is going to be playing later in the evening, so it'll be easier Pac-12 for Pac-12 after dark. Pac-12 after dark. Hashtag Pac-12 after dark. We'll Get have those weird. picks for you each week, and we'll track them. Uh, we'll, we have a document. We'll keep track of how we're doing, and uh, you guys will probably take a three, uh, Take you'll probably sweep all three today, but I just had this feeling, you know what, i got to pick an upset, and I went with
3: Hawaii going to Pasadena and beating UCLA. I respect the bold picks. I mean, I didn't make the pick. Yeah. you know, So I disagree with you there, but I like it. Yeah, so we'll see how that all shakes out.
2: Uh, Lundy, by the way, while we got a couple minutes here in this segment, is there anything else in terms of the college football universe you're looking forward to this uh, this season? Is there anything out there that you've kind of been stewing on that you want to weigh in on about? I'm,
3: I'm just really excited to see – how things bounce back after a weird 2020 year, like get things back on track. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always, you know, people that know me know that I root for chaos a lot. Um, And so I'm, I'm hoping for that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for something of like a 2007 scale. I doubt that that'll happen because I feel like 2007 was such an anomaly that we'll never see anything close to that level of anarchy again. But That's the hope. A man can dream.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So, what? Okay. So you say you like the chaos.
3: Love the chaos. What chaos do you envision happening if you if you can envision anything happening? Well, I mean, are we talking like realistic chaos, or are we talking? (laughs) Throw anything out there. Come on, we're not holding you to it, man. I would love to see Alabama lose to an FCS team. It's never happening. They it's lost Louisiana
2: pro- Monroe back in 08, if I recall correctly. That's probably as close as they'll ever come. I mean, Louisiana Monroe was an FBS program, but they were—they're still the dregs of college football.
3: Yeah. No, and was it was it '08 that they? I think wasn't 08 the the year that they were undefeated until they met Florida and then SEC yeah, championship. It's one of those years. Um, maybe '07. 07. Maybe '07. 07, maybe it, it, that would fit the 07 season. So we'll 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 tack it on there. We'll just say that's what it was. Um. But, yeah, no, I, I'm hoping to see chaos in basically everywhere. Um, specifically the SEC, I don't think there will be much chaos, though. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. I would like to see a surprise in the Big Ten as well. Okay. Um, you know, maybe just because it's chaos. Not that I want this to happen other than for chaos reasons, but let's see Michigan beat Ohio State for once. Okay. I well, don't think that will happen. Save Jim Harbaugh's job. It would. And – you know, honestly you know, it's it's kind of the thing as a local college football fan, you know, I want USC to extend Clay Helton to keep them in mediocrity. The same kind of thing kinda of, sort of applies to, to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Like, Fair enough. Let's let's keep him there long enough to keep them from becoming a superpower again.
2: Well, he is a favorite son up there in Ann Arbor. There's no doubt about that. Okay, I got one prediction for you this season. Obviously, there was news yesterday from the Athletic. Uh, Dennis Dodd kind of followed it up today. The Big 12 is looking west here in terms of BYU and expansion. Here's my prediction. We're going to hear by the end of this season about when texas and oklahoma
3: are leaving the big 12 yeah it's it, it, it's not going to be 2025 it's going to be earlier it's,
2: it's got to be plenty yeah. so, and it might be as soon as next year yeah there there is going to be news and that's just my prediction i don't know what the, what it's going to happen but we will have a much clearer picture of when texas and oklahoma are departing the big 12 and i'm adding this to this the big 12 will have made moves or at least we will hear about what they're planning on doing with that remaining eight teams whether they're going to dissolve whether they're going to add two four eight more teams go 10 12 or 16 teams
3: we will have more clarity on the big 12's status by the end of this upcoming football season yeah you know and if we have time later in the show, I do want to pick your brain about that because okay, I've had some thoughts. And so we so do it at 1 o'clock hour. We can talk yeah, about it. We'll see if we can squeeze it in somewhere. If yeah. not, we'll talk off air.
2: Okay, well, yeah, we'll get into that. So uh, so some picks there. We'll, of course, we'll keep, you tra- we'll keep track of this all season long. We're going to do kind of a season-long thing. I don't think we've ever agreed on anything we're going to put on it. Maybe we'll put uh, dinner on it or something like that for the guy who actually wins in the pick'em. And if for whatever reason we have a different producer, Eric uh, has to absorb whatever producer takes those picks. Sound good? I agree with that, so I won't. A- I simply won't <laughs> allow
1: myself to not be here, man. I'm gonna so.
2: be. I'm gonna be paying Jeff to you know pick just random
3: updates, just, <laughs> just to sabotage. Yeah. Uh, quick scoreboard update: uh-huh. Fresno State is up seven zero on UConn. Minute thirty to play in the first.
2: What What, what are you doing? Come on, Fresno, get going.
3: <laughs> Just kidding. All right, all right.
2: We'll we'll take a time out. Here. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get to technical fouls. One o'clock hour upcoming, as I said. Uh, conversations I have had with two BYU assistant coaches recently: offensive line coach Daryl Funk, as well as linebackers coach Kevin Kloon. And uh, one thirty, obviously, five minutes of Saki and the whole shebang. As you, if if you will, so we'll get to all of that coming up on the Saturday show
1: you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bath. Because that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. a technical foul.
0: Personal file, 69,
1: offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul.
2: Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Yach and Lundy along for the ride on your Saturday afternoon, as you just heard in the open. It is time for Technical Fouls, where we do we make fun of people. We do. We, we do make fun of them. We're just yeah, a little bit. I, I like to say, we when I did the show with Adrian, we like to reward people for their stupid behavior. It probably yes. sounds weird, but we are
3: rewarding them by talking about them on air. Right. I mean, there's no such thing as bad PR, right? Sure. Let's, let's go with that. So, all right, Lundy, where are we going to start off today? So mine is not really... Related to the world of sports, Okay. Uh, but it was something that oh, by the way, caught we, my we, eye. We don't ne- we if it relates to sports, sure. I got one that's sports related, yeah. but we don't have to stay with sports. I typically try to, yeah. But this one, this one, earned, you know, mentioning. Um, so you're aware, you know, and, and Johnny probably knows this story as well. But uh, you know, you're aware of the Nirvana album, the one that's yes. like kind of the classic cover. You know, the baby in the swimming pool in
2: utero, right? Is that the name of the album? No, Oh, is it? I don't remember what. The yeah, name it's, Anyways, it's, it's never mind. It, it's the it's um, the iconic album cover yeah. for Nirvana.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, thirty year old uh, Spencer Eldon, who was the baby, sure. on that, is now suing Nirvana. Okay. Um, and I mean Kurt know. Cobain's
2: estate essentially is what you're suing.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the band. I mean, you know, wherever the he's suing them. Okay. Um and he uh, he claims that it's child pornography. Oh, that he's a victim of. Um, which is interesting because he has recreated that photo a number of times since then. You know, oh he's like I mean each time, you know, because he's obviously been older when he's done it. He's wearing swim trunks and things like that. How old was he
2: when that he would have had been led? A toddler? Five, six months? Okay, yeah. Johnny's saying six months. He's,
3: you know, and so he uh, he's claiming that, which, you know, this article right here says that, uh, you know, images of infants that do not have sexualized overtones are not considered child pornography as, as per law in the USA. Okay. Um, so it doesn't look like he's very likely to, to win this, but he, he uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where it seems very much – that he's trying to kind of grab a little bit of money—it's a cash grab. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, when he's been promoting it, building his brand as that identity, mm-hmm. it seems really odd that he would suddenly switch. That's just me. And so I, you know, that's—it's just so happens we do have a music expert that could probably weigh in
2: on yeah, this, Johnny. I would love to, to hear your well, thoughts about this. It's—it's
0: it's an interesting—it's an interesting thought. He's trying to sue a state of Kurt Cobain. Uh, Dave Grohl. Say, Dave Grohl obviously probably part of this. Chris the bass player and the record label. Sure okay. Now he was six months old at the time and yes you do see stuff yes. on the cover. Yes. I, I understand what he's saying. What I want to know is what everyone's talking about this but why is no one saying why isn't he suing his parents. His parents are the ones that allowed it to happen.
3: That's that's a really good point. The conversation needs and to be had the lawsuit. You know, alleges that his parents didn't get paid, nor did they sign a, a you know, paper or anything like that. However, according to a different report, um, his parents got two hundred fifty dollars ah. for the image. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, if, you, if they send rights away, they send rights away, right? You know, if they got paid for it, then you know, like usage rights, so
2: say, not saying parental rights or anything like that. But yeah, no, so, right, right, right. I,
0: I, I think it's, I think it's kind of silly. I really do. I think the whole, the whole premise of it is silly but you're right he did create it he obviously is proud of it and tells everybody that he is he's the kid the baby in it but the bottom line is his parents signed it away yeah nirvana bought it for 250 bucks
3: yeah 250 for that image and sue your parents yeah (laughs) well and you know like he really has built a brand off of this you know he's done interviews and things where he's been like yeah that's me you know he's he's done that i believe i saw something that it was he was trying to sell some of his photographic artwork to the band or something you of know, course. trying, to, trying okay. to do that they refused to buy it and now he's suing them <laughs> all right well so good luck to you sir seems very retaliatory
2: uh we got another touchdown here we have now a fumble return for a touchdown for illinois in that in that game in big 10 country all right my is in the sports world we're going to the nba though new york knicks center nerland's noel has filed a lawsuit against his former agent rich paul and the, his firm, Clutch Sports, claiming he lost $58 million in potential salary while he was represented by Paul from 2017 to 2020. Some of you might recall Nerlens Noel had a lot of promise as a, as a young NBA player. A lot of people thought, okay, he could be one of the elite big men. He was part of that whole tanking, the, uh, the trust the process in Philadelphia that yielded Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons. Well, he was kind of the odd man out and all of that, but uh, Noel – took this action after Clutch recently filed a grievance with the National Basketball Players Association, claiming Noel hadn't paid $200,000 in commission on his previous one-year contract with the Knicks. Noel claims breach of fiduciary duty, breach of contract, and negligence. The lawsuit does not cite a specific amount of damages, but asks for actual punitive relief. The reason why here is because he was being represented by a former agent of his, who, uh, when he was playing for the Dallas Mavericks, he was offered, I believe it was a four-year, yeah, so when they started free agency in 2017, Noel was represented by, represented by Agent Happy Walters. Noel claims in the lawsuit he was offered a four-year, $70 million deal by the Mavericks, a number that was reported by several news outlets during that summer. During the free agency process, Noel said he fired Walters and hired Paul after they met at Ben Simmons' birthday party in Los Angeles. In the lawsuit, Noel said Paul advised him to pass on the $70 million offer and accept a one-year deal so he could be an unrestricted free agent the following year when Paul said he could get get Noel a more lucrative deal. So Noel eventually did turn down the $70 million deal and signed his one-year qualifying offer of $4.1 million. Well, the following year, Noel broke his thumb, missed 42 games, and all of his numbers plummeted. His stock went into the tank. Well, he has since signed, I believe, two... um, uh, one-year deals they made about 12 million so that is why he is suing for 58 million of the potential 70 million that he passed on from from the from the uh, Mavericks I believe he just signed a, a three-year deal that's worth 27.7 million with the Knicks, so he'll be there for the next three years allegedly, and obviously things change, changing the, but apparently bad advice from an agent and Nerlens Noel, they're going back and forth with Rich Paul who is tight with a lot of
3: NBA folk Yeah, man, that's it's going to be interesting. I mean, man, I can't. I can't imagine. Just sign the contract. Take the yeah, four years. Take the seventy million dollars. Mi- like, like I can understand. You know, maybe saying I'm going to take a little bit of a pay cut to, to bet on myself. Sure. But seventy million versus four. Yeah.
2: Just play for this one year on four million. We'll get you a better deal next year. Well, yeah. It bad luck. Like, well, I, guess. I, he, I can get a better deal this year. Yeah, he breaks <laughs> his thumb. I get that. It's a bad. It's a. It's a bad. It's a raw deal for him because he. He breaks his thumb that you misses those forty two games and see those numbers plummet, but still yeah. it's just like, dude, take the money. Right. It should be it should be a, like that should be like a, a thing that all NBA agents from now on
3: should point to New Orleans Noel's situation and say, This is why you take the deal when it comes. Right. Speaking of taking money, mm-hmm. I wanna ask you 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 probably saw this. Donovan Mitchell recently mm-hmm. tweeted, you know, posing the question, do you take ten million dollars? To let Mike Tyson punch you in the face. Yes, I do. I'm yeah. going to
2: have broken orbital bones and broken nose and all kinds of stuff, but I can repair all that with about a million, so right. we're good. Yeah, so, you
3: know, like, that's what that's what I put out on Twitter. You know, I said, what? Plus, complete facial reconstruction surgery. My nose is already like,
2: crooked, so, hey, I can have all that, you know, corrected.
3: Yeah, like, <laughs> complete facial reconstruction surgery. Like, that's what, maybe like 100000 hundred thousand, two hundred thousand $200,000 sure. very, very tops, like, if you really get all the bells and whistles. And your ship
2: has come in along with it.
3: Yeah, If it's 100K, that's 1% of what you're getting. Yeah. Punch me in the face. like <laughs> I'm with you on that. So, all right, so good stuff on technical fouls. Coming up next,
2: we'll talk a little BYU. We'll get to some interviews as well. One we we'll have uh, five minutes of, and I don't even know what to guess we're going to have at the end of the show with Eric. So stay tuned for all of that <laughs> coming up in hour two of Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports
0: Network.